Welcome to Behind the Sims. At SaberSim, we're a team of professional gamblers, data scientists, and sports nerds building the best DFS optimizer and sports betting model on the market. This podcast is a behind-the-scenes look at how we do it. Every episode is an unedited recording of our team's actual conversations as we research, analyze, and iterate our way to answering the tough questions in DFS and sports betting. Whether we're answering questions like what's the best way to build your bankroll, analyzing different ways to diversify, or even building new models, we're going to share it all right here and we aren't holding anything back. If you're ready to go deep into what it really takes to win, then this is a podcast for you. All right, so we are kicking off another episode of Behind the Sims, still trying to figure out the format. And so like, these are meant to be internal discussions that we have um, revealed. We're trying to kind of share more of what we're doing behind the scenes. Um, And so we're keeping this as like, uh, not even honest or transparency. It's like, these are the conversations that we have naturally. And so we're going to add some uh, context around it so you guys have some idea of what's going on, but really it's just, we're going to jump into things pretty quickly. And so Jordan, um, what do we have on the docket today? Like, what do you want us to be digging into and why did you pick that? Yeah. So, I mean, we have a a somewhat consistent question that kind of comes up in office hours and, and support fairly often, kind of a broad topic here, but we have a lot of different things that you can do with your DFS lineups where you can do them both before and after the build. Things as simple as you know editing exposures, uh, more complicated things like setting aggregate rules versus filtering out lineups that don't meet certain metrics with, with filters. And people often ask in their processes, should I do this thing before or should I do this thing after? Uh, and a lot of times the answer that that person gets depends on who they ask. If they ask Andrew in office hours now, he's going to kind of give his personal take on on how he does that. When I hosted office hours, I would give my stance on that. If they post in Discord and happen to get Matt, Matt probably has a different perspective. And it was something that- What is your take? My take has been for a long time, and, and part of this is being able to build a lot of lineups that- I do virtually everything post-build. And in fact, if I can't reach it post-build, I generally treat that as an indication that it's probably not something I should be doing at all. Uh, That's not necessarily something I recommend to every user. I understand that some people are going to want to do things that they can't reach. Right, that's like if you're a SaberSim true believer and like you put full faith and trust in the Sims, that's what you should do. Exactly. Uh, And why is that what I... Why, why is because like I I'm agreeing I agree like yeah if if you want to have let's the sims run the show and then you dial it in afterwards that's like this is the best way of doing that but why is it the best like why does this process suggest like what I just said well my understanding here is that you know restrictions and, and rules or even just exposures set pre-build create a rule that the solver, the builder itself has to follow when constructing lineups. So it's it's using the Sims as a foundation, but then it's required to meet certain restrictions that the that I set pre-build to get there. In other words, you're not organically or as organically getting the lineups that the, the Sims themselves like. And as that Saber Sim true believer, I want to see those un those organic unadjusted lineups and use those almost as a metric for what is good process in my lineups for that particular slate. Okay. 
Um, and then Matt, I guess like what would would you see as to kind of expand on the um angle of it not being like the true sim lineups? Like what does that mean? Um mm -hmm. when you when you put in a rule, like how is that changing things? So when you put in a rule specifically, so kind of how the or exposures, just like I guess like right. Well, you don't need I mean that is it that is a distinction though like the exposures versus the rule but uh because obviously exposures impact a percentage of your lineups but i guess it's it's not too dissimilar but yeah i mean rules are just we're literally um the rules and the sims essentially don't like talk to each other um so you know how we build lineups is we we take you know samples like subsets of sims for each lineup and so each player is going to have a slightly different like projection um, for each lineup based on their ranges of outcomes in the Sims. And uh, the rules are essentially constraints that we add on top. Of, so we say, okay, we have these projection values for every player. Um, if you have no rules, then we'll just say, find me the best, the lineup that maximizes these values. Um, within the the constraints of of the site you know maximum however many players per team etc if you have correlation and ownership will account for that the rules are additional constraints on top of that like math problem that we're trying to solve that are saying okay in addition to maximizing um the the project the point sim points and correlation and, and ownership variables also incorporate these constraints um, into that problem so if you have a stacking rule that says you must have a QB with one of their wide receivers in every lineup, then we'll say, okay, maximize the, the SIM um, points and correlation and ownership while also ensuring that there's a quarterback and wide receiver on the same team uh, in that lineup. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't have any, like that rule is um, like, agnostic to whatever the sim values are there they're the top scoring qb in a set of sims might you know maybe there's like no wide receiver that's above five points like in an extreme example but we're still going to force them in because that's mm -hmm. what the rule says um and same with exposures and essentially um yeah any rules or exposures that you set uh pre-build the builder will just sort of like um brute force uh try to um you know set the constraints to get those lines what one values. of the things i think we take for granted is like that why that is bad i don't mm -hmm. think that is something we've articulated really it's yeah. like okay like yeah i kind of get it you don't want to give too many rules up front because you don't want more constraints but like why don't you want more constraints like what is the theoretical what are you giving up theoretically by doing that yeah, so I think our one of our biggest value adds as as you know our lineup builder um, how it's built is because each you know we're we're splitting up these sims um, for each lineup in like a smart way so that the like projection values that are used for every player in each lineup are um, one they are somewhat close to actual uh sort of like expected game outcomes um so if 
and quarterback has a higher like projection in one set of sims their wide receivers and their pass catchers are likely to also have higher projections um, because we're like taking subsets of sims to build these lineups um, and there's a lot of value in having lineups that reflect the actual ranges of outcomes and like organic correlations between players in the sims and the more restrictions you add to that essentially like the more you're forcing your own opinions about what lineups should look like over what like those um samples of sims think that the lineups should look like uh and, and i know i'm kind of i'm i'm presenting this in a, a bit of a negative way and i don't actually mean i think there are plenty of rules that you can set that are um that are like value adds to the sims or kind of um reduce the chances of getting like outlier sims that like yeah maybe they show up sometimes but over the long term they're not going to be as um plus ev as as uh other types of lineups um and you know the sims aren't perfect and there are ways i think that users can add so value. i think the, so, the piece we need to like flesh out more is sure when you're talking about the sims it's like mm -hmm. It's not as if by having Sims, we just can pulling out lineups from those is not just like a innate task that happens. Like there is a lot that goes into that. Yeah. And the rules you do, you've said it, like don't change the Sims. So right. I think it gets confusing when you're like, yeah, but like we want to have the best ones from the Sims. So it's like, yeah, we're not changing the Sims though. What we're changing or devaluing or whatever, I guess we got to figure out like what to say it is the pulling out of lineups from that. And I think that's where it's like our sliders. That's what you're messing with when you put in constraints, right? Effectively, like you're, we, by factoring in correlation, ownership and uh, range of outcomes, the, why do we do that? We do that because we believe like that's what it takes to build better lineups, better lineups, meaning going beyond simply maximizing, optimizing for highest projected score, mm -hmm. not even saying like highest mean projected, but in general, like it's not just about the projected score. It's yep. about the actual results, which means correlations. How are people performing in reality? It means ownership. It means all these other things. And that's what we're trying to do with the sliders. Yeah. And that's what people should be trying to do with their rules yeah is like that's why yep. you create rules is because you are trying to say hey more than points alone a single data point of projected points is needed if i want to build good lineups here are those other things and so i feel like it's ultimately just like we're doing a lot of that mm -hmm. and so if you add a ton more to that one is, is probably like double counting um, which mm. doesn't in, isn't inherently a problem. Um, but I guess like, what is the, the problem? Like what happens when you yeah. add more constraints? Is it that like they're bad? Sometimes they may be, but like, I guess, why is it an issue? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really good issue? point about the sliders because you're right that like ignore, ignoring the sim diversity slider, cause that's a little bit of a different thing, but like the correlation ownership sliders they they are extra variables that mm -hmm. are on top of the sim like 
they're similar to rules in that respect and that they are like changing how we pull lineups out of the sims um right. like zero zero ten with like no no correlation no ownership is literally every lineup is like an optimal from one sim zero zero nine is like a larger subset of sims once you add correlation and ownership that's kind of us saying like look the sims don't do a like perfect or i guess pulling lineups just from like these raw subsets of sims isn't enough to get like the correlation that's like highest upside to build the best lineups and so we want to add the correlation on top of that the reason why i think the like correlation i want to just stick with correlation to start the reason why i think that's a better way than setting strict rules is because it's sort of starting from though that the starting from the starting point of the sim value so like it's easier to talk about examples like say you have a um i've got the app pulled up yeah so like you have say you have a game with mahomes um getting um like a above average performance but for whatever reason um travis kelsey like has a below average performance um like there are sims where that happens where for you know kelsey just doesn't like get in very many targets doesn't get a touchdown whatever correlation is going to boost travis kelsey um like and mahomes together but if he's not high enough to begin with in the Sims. He's not going to get high enough to be in lineups. So like it'll boost those like high correlated players. But if the starting point is low enough, it's not going to boost them enough to, enough to get in lineups. But if you have a rule that says every Mahomes lineup must have Travis Kelsey, then you're just like brute forcing saying like, no matter what is in the Sims, I you always have to put Travis Kelsey with Mahomes. And then I think you can get into to, to like weird... flesh. Like I, I know that it seems like the point is clear, but I don't know that it actually is. And so, why is that forcing of it? Like, the, what you're to summarize it mm-hmm. and tell me if this is like not accurate. What we're saying is that we are factoring in a more nuanced approach, and we're saying, mm-hmm. yes, typically these positions are more correlated which is what you're saying in a, in a, when you create a rule it's usually you're based on like these types of positions are correlated i want these types of players to be together in this many of them to maximize that correlative value and that might be generally true but what this we're doing and it's the sims but it's how we're using the sims through the sliders is we're saying yeah but not always yeah. and we're looking at it and when it is true because we are measuring correlations and then accounting for it when it is true you'll get that but the reason you're not getting it isn't because we don't know to look for this these things it's because we're saying the impact of correlation either the correlation is lower than expected or even with the correlation it's still not enough to make it better than not having it is that like a reasonable summary yeah, I think so. why that matters? Right. Yeah, I, I, I think that makes sense. I, I'm not entirely clear. Like, do you, what is the question that you're asking me? I guess. No, no. I, but I, I guess okay, what I'm saying is, I think these are the things that, like, yeah, we because we've talked about this so much, at least like you and I, especially, mm-hmm. that we know the conclusion. We know. Okay, here's what we're doing. 
X, Y, and Z are the reasons why that matters. We just assume like, okay, yeah, like I get it. Like we know why it matters, but I think as far as content goes, as far as like office hours, as far as support goes, that shouldn't be the assumption because it's like, why, like, okay, like, yeah, you look at correlation and you're looking at their scores and adjusting it as you build the lineups, but like, why, if it doesn't show up, is that because it's not right? Like, and it's, that's the stuff that I think like those middle steps or those justifications, I think we miss in a lot of the way we talk about it. So like, there's no question. It's more just like, is that really what's there in those missing pieces? And then just like, okay, like, all right, like that's kind of how we should be part of how we should be thinking about like positioning this in mm -hmm. external content. As, as an interesting, like just kind of thought experiment, would it be theoretically better if the sliders basically operated after the build? If you could, in theory, build enough lineups that were like raw, mm -hmm. sim? I don't think so. Um, and so I think this is where I don't like the, and I didn't think about this until we kind of gotten into it. Like, I don't like the pre-build versus post-build distinction because they're doing very different things. And like, it is true as far as the timeline goes, that is how it works. Like this happens before you build and this happens after, but what you do in each of those are fundamentally different. One of them, the things that you do before you build your lineups, those are inputs into how the lineups are built. Mm -hmm. What happens afterwards is filtering down those lineups, but not changing the construction of the lineups. And I think it's that input uh, versus filtering is like the important distinction and this is going to get like theoretical but to answer your question i think it has to um the reason why you should do our sliders pre-build meaning as an input and the sliders should impact how lineups are constructed is because if we didn't lineups would be constructed based on average projections. And okay. like we are saying, that is not the right way to well, construct let me, let me, yeah, let, let me clarify. Sim, di uh, I'm talking about correlation and ownership specifically. Sim diversity still working pre-build to select for Sims, but basically sure. scoring the lineups by applies. correlation. Just like ignore me saying average projection. We are then saying, I don't believe projection of an individual player, even if factoring in range of outcomes, is the only criteria that should be looked at to construct good lineups. I think correlation is another factor that is not captured in that data point. Just, and that's why I would want to have that be an input into how the lineups are yeah. constructed. Because you're then, if you say, hey, build all these lineups in this like mediocre way and then you filter them down afterwards to match your ultimate criteria it's like yeah you found lineups that technically meet it but they weren't built to do that so it's like it's more i mean by i, I want to push back on on the idea that i mean correlation definitely is accounted for without if the, with the correlation slider at zero these That's things fair. do account for correlation. with our and with I the way we handle well. the, no no i so yeah with the way we handle range of outcomes, because we have an actual 
mm-hmm. set of we have an actual distribution by you looking at simulations correlations can be accounted for that partially um the reason we have a correlation slider is because we don't believe it fully accounts for the real effect of them the real value of them right yes uh, uh i think that is right um i it's definitely worth i think Jordan definitely makes a good point about like whether it makes sense given that the way that we select sims does account for correlation. Um, I think that there are situations where like it could make more sense to not use correlation at all. I mean, we do this on showdowns, but I think there's some middle grounds where like it actually is better to not include correlation at all because you are i mean we are kind of yeah but this is like missing this is missing what i like this is where i think what's in my head is just very different than what we're talking about and i don't know where the gap is so like keep pushing back and to like help me flesh it out too but like that can be true but that to me that doesn't have anything to do with what i just said because what you said is yes correlation doesn't apply the same in every single slate yeah but like it still is a constructing factor it still it should be an input it just might be applied differently but i don't i wasn't saying it should always be applied the same way i'm just saying that variable should be included in the calculation to build the lineups and the way it's set should change based on different factors um and you can potentially control yourself how that gets adjusted by like turning on manual mode and moving it but like mm-hmm. The reason you would say in this one we need correlation less is because the sim diversity is handling it as far as showdowns go. Um, but like, it's not saying correlation doesn't matter. We're just saying like, no, no, but we've already got it in this piece. And so like what I'm arguing is that it needs to be an input. It needs to be like a deciding factor of how lineups are constructed. I don't think what you said contradicts that. Yeah, obviously, so it, it it's somewhat semantic. It, like correlation is part of sim diversity. It's just a matter of like, is it enough? Depending on right, right. So, so like, I think for this discussion, like, I think we're getting too deep into it because like you built this, and you're thinking about it as like more literally the actual sliders. Where I'm talking more conceptually, I don't give a shit how we get it in there. I'm just saying mm-hmm. correlation needs to be accounted for. And I don't think we're disagreeing on that. And like range of outcomes need to be accounted for as well. The fact that the way we handle range of outcomes, which is like a very good way of doing it. And we have other uh, conversations where we talk about that. Um, that I, I just want to jump in more on like the practical yeah. side. So, so like, you know, going back to examples, question came in just the other day on office hours. Somebody was like copying an old rule that Jordan showed on a previous office hours where it was like basically use less than or equal to one player in NBA over 40 projected points from it, from a team. I'm going to grab some water. I'm, I'm listening. And um, what, what the goal was, right. Is to kind of uh, keep like negatively correlated players out of your lineup. And mm-hmm. if you jump over to NBA, like we walked through this on stream, we used uh, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray as an example. Really high negative correlation, like the highest to each other, like minus 0.3 maybe, just, just off the top of my head. So we ran a build 
and we tried to see, you know, how often are these players coming up together? And and it was it was none. But you know what what I'm getting at is I think that rules, you know, Matt uses like brute force. Rules will basically say, you know, never do this. And then mm-hmm. what the correlation slider is saying is like, well, you know, there are exceptions to the rule. And I, I think that in, in DFS, there are a lot of exceptions to rules or to like uh, strategies. And I think the, the letting the sliders figure out the instances and at the rate where those exceptions are okay is better than setting rules that say never do this. Right. And so yeah. I think that's like a summary of, I think, why of what we're getting at of like why mm-hmm. you want to kind of protect the sanctity of the sims is because we're trying to achieve the same thing but we're doing it in a much more nuanced and precise way whereas rules are you sure you can have like conditionals but like generally speaking it's like a binary thing of like do this every single time or do that um and yeah. you're not if you want to go nuts like plenty of people do and just create like dozens or hundreds of rules and groups to have more precision you can but that's just a waste of time when you have a tool like saber sim but yeah it's like what the reason it matters is because we're saying we pick up more nuance than a rule of thumb can yeah I, my perspective with with rules kind of on this note is that you know like you said you know when you ran that build you didn't get any like young and murray together right but there might be some builds where you get a very, very small percentage of them. And that's kind of how I, like, I think the value of rules is basically just like that, like what we've talked about before, like the scalpel, like the fine, you know, it's it's these outcomes that happen a very small number of times that maybe like they're sometimes optimal in the Sims, but like they're so rare that it's just not worth getting that combination just for like that outlier scenario. And so I, I see rules as like, if your rules are removing like more than, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say exact number, but like if you have a rule that's like changing your builds significantly, like the construction of your lineups, then that's a point where you want to kind of take a step back and be like, why am I setting this rule? Is it something that the sim is missing? But if it's just a rule that's like, let me just trim off these like 2% of the time, like naked QB stacks and stuff like that, where like, yeah, you might get some, but it's just like, I don't, I just don't want to have the risk of getting like a weird uncorrelated lineup, even if sometimes it's optimal. So I'm just going to make sure I have a QB stack in every lineup just to kind of like trim out those um, like outlier scenarios. And I think to, from my perspective, that's the ideal way to use rules. Like the pre-build rules is as like quality control of like, I don't expect that this rule is going to affect 99% of my lineups, but it's just there just to make sure I have guide rails um, that I don't get these lineups that I, I know are just uh, low probability of being um, successful or uh, I just know like aren't really going to add too much to, else to my uh, to like you know the, the EV of my portfolio or whatever um, yeah but uh, yeah and I, I agree with that and I think that like this gets into like an infinite loop thing. And I'm gonna, I'm operating already at a low capacity after the Patriots game last night. <laughs> so hopefully like it doesn't just completely break my brain, but the what I, why I get like so pedantic about it is because I do think we still miss the point 
of like the reason you want to protect the sanctity of the Sims, and there's got to be a better way of phrasing it than that, but whatever, um, is because it is accounting for more nuance. It is being more precise than a blunt rule can be. However, the way we are describing this now to people is like the practical side. I get that it matters. I get we need to have some practical suggestions, but then we're giving them rules of thumb for how to do this. And like, that's the fucking point. Like, that's why, like, we, we should give them some practical idea, but we have to say, why are you doing this? And that's what I think we miss when we jump to the practical side too quickly. And that's why I think so many of these questions keep coming up again and again is because people don't quite get it. And that's an understatement. Um, and it's because like, we are giving them the wrong medicine. We're giving them like more of the things that we say they shouldn't do of just like blanket rules that you should always do. And that's where it's like, people are like, Oh, well, like how much should my player pool change before I should not do this one? And it's like, that's not how it works. That's not what we mean. And so that's where like my angry old man angle is coming from. It's like, I, I don't think we have agreement even among us about why. And, and I think that's the key part. If we want to create like more valuable content, it's not saying why, what, why, like how, what should people be thinking about this? Like, why is, am I talking about like inputs versus and filtering versus pre-build and post-build? Like why does that matter? And it's because one is just literally these go into how you build your lineups. And I think we've covered a good amount. And what Andrew said just before this, I think was a really uh, more uh, practical summary of like why you want to protect those Sims. And that's like one component, but okay. I think you can go further and I'd probably make it more understandable with showdown examples because you could put in a bunch of rules, but you wouldn't want to do that because you wouldn't want to put in the inputs because with a showdown, we are just literally running out the only game that there is thousands and thousands of times. And you don't care about how people can do, do on average. You care about like in one game, what are possible outcomes and who can have the highest um, EV combination with like that's factoring in other things. And so when we build showdown lineups, we are building effectively optimals from each of those simulations. And then afterwards, if there's things you're looking for, you can pick out from that sample, but you're picking from optimals. Like you're picking from like, when this game script happens, these are the best players. And you're saying, yeah, like, I just don't think that's going to happen. So like, let me get rid of that one. But if you were to tell us those things up front as inputs to how we build the lineups, we're no longer building optimals. And so it's like, let us build the best lineups possible for you. Then from that, you can winnow away the ones that you can still disagree with us and get rid of those. And I think in showdowns, to me, that's much easier to comprehend, but like this, it applies the same way to like other sites too. It's like, let us get it as good as possible and then do your dialing in. That way you're not like, you're not making us, you're not forcing us to match your preconceptions around this you're saying 
hey, hey, like, do your thing. I've got these ideas, but like, let me pick the ones that are strong that match what I'm looking for. And yeah, does that make sense to people? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how I think I usually explain it. And I think maybe we haven't done a good enough job of like explaining that more often. But yeah, that's pretty much exactly like how I talk about it. Like, that's the key idea. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. I I think that's like the road we're going down, especially with the lineup filters, Mm -hmm. I think was like a huge first step in that direction. Like, the ability to like bulk trash lineups based on a criteria that way you could say like okay all the builds have ran and and now show me like this one thing like like now that the builds have run i'm gonna do like a basic one you know show me all lineups with a projected score over x and then you can easily get rid of that without putting that in as a pre-built input um I, I do want to ask like like a hard question for for a lot of users that will watch this. How how do you do that when like how do you not run out of lineups too fast when you're building 500 and maybe you're building like 150? Like is that a concern of of filtering out too many lineups too fast? Uh, I guess I don't really get. Like, like what would you be doing lineups. to like maybe you're building NFL lineups and you're you know running it like in its pure form and you're saying okay now I want to go in and filter out only the lineups that I want to play maybe you start with stack types and you know are we concerned about the builder not being able to produce enough of the type of stacks that somebody would want to play rather than like unchecking certain stack types in in the home screen and then building to get more of the lineups that they want. I don't think so because I think this, if you view it as a one-shot process, then yeah, that would be a concern. But I think this ties it back into the build, review, uh, revise sort of iterative framework where this is going to be much easier to understand. I think there's still more nuance, but like for this one, you can just say like, look, do your initial build, see how close, whatever, like we can talk about questioning all these preconceived notions that people have, but whatever, like see how close you can get to that purely by filtering the pool that we build you. When you run out of lineups, if you run out of lineups, that is probably a spot where you should be like, do I really need all these things? But if you think you do, awesome. That's when you would go back in and say, I need to set to choose a new set of inputs that will allow me to get what I'm looking for. Because what SaberSim is doing, it just doesn't match. Like what the Sims are saying doesn't match. And to me, that's like a sign that... um a good like a stopping point of like okay like not saying that we're always right at all but that's when you should be just questioning your assumptions um but we make it's not perfect and it's not gonna be perfect across the board either it's like we do expect there to be some spots where like you just have fundamentally different views on a specific player or maybe a team or a game than us and like just by leaving our sims kind of un 
encumbered, you're not, you can't get them there because it's just like, no, like yeah. we are polar, we have diametrically opposed views on this. And so those are the spots where you should go in and tell us that up front. And then we're going to say like, we can't change the Sims, but we can get it to get like what you're looking for. Um, One interesting thing that I just thought of that we haven't really talked about before, but when we're talking about the correlation slider and how that's like a more nuanced way of accounting for correlation. Like I think in our content, we've often said like, don't touch the sliders because they're back tested and like they're kind of that's what we found are the, are the best like inputs but if you run like say a default build and with andrew's example you're not mm. getting enough of the stack types that you want yeah wouldn't it be better to just go back yeah. and increase the correlation slider yeah. rather than forcing in the stack type or yes, like forcing a rule and i think we don't really tell people to do that but we should um because it's like a more nuanced way of getting like the goal, if you run a build and it's like you're getting a bunch of QB because plus one, then a better way of saying what I like what phrasing it the way I than I did is saying they're not everything that happens before you build lineups is not the same. It's not just inputs because the rules those are not inputs. The inputs are the sliders. The mm -hmm. rules are constraints. They are saying here is where these sliders operate, the rules within the game that the sliders operate. And saying you can't do this, you can't do that, but like they don't change the sliders, they just set the I don't know different ways of describing it than constraints. Um, and so even that is still a breaking the, the sanctity of, of the Sims, where it's going to get closer to what you try to do, but it's not by changing the way lineups are built. And like that's that key piece where as much as possible should be done. Um, to get the way the lineups are constructed, are pieced together to match what you're looking for. And everything mm -hmm. else is either a filter or a constraint. And those things can be valuable tools when like you just can't get what you're looking for. And that's exists. But I think you're right of like, the, and this is where it's theoretically like, yes, those adjustments should come through the sliders. But I don't, I think in practice, it's like they are dialed in enough where I don't think they differ so much that like if you're getting way bigger sacks, like tone it down a little bit. Like I think you can like nudge it. Yeah, but yeah, gonna, like, I, but I think so. Or Jordan, I want to let go ahead, Jordan. Jordan yeah. Sort of like I was, yeah. Bring us back to reality. So what, one thing here, and, and part of the reason why I think this is such an interesting question for me, I, I think there's an argument to essentially run build review revise cycles for a long time to constrain the builder basically with every constraint you want to do so that you can arrive at the largest pool possible at the end that all fit exactly what you want your lineups to build like if you have stack restrictions you want and player pool restrictions you want and lineup rules i, I think there's a, an argument that why not let the builder build 5,000 lineups that all fit exactly what you want them to be rather than building 5,000? Because, because with menu, any, I think is, is a big argument. That's one. And the other is that any given lineup that the builder builds is not going to be the best possible lineup that, that the builder could have built. And if you build 5,000 lineups, it's more likely your final 150 are going to be better than if you built, I don't know, 2,500 that your final 150 are going to be better. 
And you try to rephrase that. I just want to make sure I'm wrapping my head around it right. The large, I mean, it basically just like almost not, not that last, not the last sentence, but like the, the general idea of like where you're talking about with constraints and putting a lot of them in. So let's say you build 5,000 lineups with no constraints, pure sims, basically with the, mm -hmm. with the sliders and your requirements of what makes a good lineup immediately trims your pool down from a practical level to 3,000 because there are 2,000 lineups in the pool that don't meet yeah. what you want your lineups to look like. Your functional pool now is 3,000. Yeah. Okay. So I think there's an argument to go back, set those as lineup construction constraints or const I really like when you said construction factors earlier, set those as construction factors. But they're not construction factors. Like that, like that, they, they are, are constraints. Like, like no, okay, no, no, sure. like, this is a very important point. And I, I think it's clear that I'm not making it clear enough. Like a constraint is very different than an input. And okay. what Matt is saying is that, and what I agree with is like, the inputs, meaning this is like the logic that we use to piece together these individual players into your lineups. Constraints do not do that. They just say, this combination doesn't match, get rid of it. Or like only look for combinations that fit these criteria, but it doesn't change how we look for them. It just changed what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, okay. And the to your point, I think the idea of like a functional pool is very like accurate like if you're not building a ton of lineups you could get any crazy things if say you're building you have five thousand lineups built and you only are entering 20 you could do a lot of crazy like any crazy <laughs> shit you want to do you could do there but like you're not getting the best 20 from five thousand that that meet that idea you're getting 20 that happen to um and so the solution isn't to put in a bunch of constraints because that gets you a pool that is much closer to what you're looking for, but it is not by building lineups that seek that out. It's not changing how the lineups are built. And so what your first step would be in this, I don't actually know like how practical it is, but like theoretically it would be adjusting the sliders. It would be adjusting those inputs to get that as close as it can go and only then working on the um, the constraints because the constraints, again, don't change how lineups are built. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that, like, clarifies, like, what somebody's process might look like here. But I think that the logic of I, th I think the logic of the argument i've presented still well, would argue that somebody should basically constrain like, like their if, lineups to the if you don't like that then i'm not making the point clear enough because like i just think fundamentally well, I, I mean, it shouldn't well, so, be okay. you should not constraints i would agree that like that is better than limiting the functional pool that you have available to you but like the first step of trying to improve the way lineups are built, that is absolutely way more valuable than doing the constraints because the constraints are dirtying the the sims. Yeah, yeah. I think what yeah. I think what the solution is based on what you guys are saying. So like with your example, Jordan, like you built 5,000 and there are 2,000 lineups in that pool that you're like, I don't want to play these. Mm -hmm. The solution isn't go back and add a constraint that prevents those right. 2000 lineups. Say it's like stack types you don't like, it's 
go back and change the inputs to try to get that 2000 down to 500 or down to two, like try to change the inputs to like make your pool better without just like forcing it. And if exactly. eventually you have to force it because the inputs aren't doing enough, then like that should be kind of the last step. But the first step is like change the input and same with like, um, you know, players, like you run your pool and you, you're not getting enough of some, player that you really like and you you know you want them in your pool the first step isn't go lock the player or go set a min exposure it's increase their projection because that's an input whereas the exposures are a constraint i would say right that's kind of the, the distinction is like exposures and locking are constraints whereas a projection is an input um, i like that yeah and how would and you change the projection to get more of them right that yeah that makes because i i totally agree with that like and I recommend people regularly adjust projections before constraining with exposures. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. But it's not, I still don't think we're on the same page. I think we're like, we have the same practical suggestions, but this is kind of where like, where I, are we I, not? Like, I want to jump in like. and try and clarify the question. Cause I think this is the question. Jordan is almost asking like, are we trying to make a pool of lineups that the builder, that the person, the user wants, and then Andy is is saying more like, like no, we want to stay closer to what the Sims no. are saying. Okay, that, that's no. kind of what, what I'm I was saying is it. that like, there are different ways of getting like just the, the entire thing we've talked about of um, rules in general. Like, don't do these because it constrains the possibilities. That like still applies and like that hurts the sanctity of the sims and so i'm not saying like just trust the sims but i'm saying you want to if you are building a new house and you just click a few buttons and like send off the architect and just like let them run wild with it and like they come back with this like mcmansion castly looking thing and you're like fuck like i just wanted like a simple ranch you don't like take out the pen and just be like, all right. So like next time you do it, keep these elements. But like, don't do this. Don't do that. Like, it's like, no, like you tell the guy like, Hey, like I want a different kind of a house. And so like, let's rethink how we're, what we're even doing here. And you can like really build some like Frankenstein thing to get what you're looking for, but it'd be better to just have like a little bit more of an intelligent design. Um, and it's like that's the point i don't think is sticking and i think well where do you Matt think we're disconnected yeah i, feel I actually like, think because, no, because i think i don't like jordan how would you describe the difference between inputs and constraints the well a constraint is a a, a lineup requirement that must be followed that a lineup cannot appear in the pool without following the rule that is that is expressed in the constraint. You could you could almost you could probably describe it in in numbers. I would say most of the time, like X metric meets Y, or yeah. a player appears in Z percentage. An input is, I guess, a little bit more black boxy in the way that it is like it is the initial. If it input is the starting point, then it passes through the process where constraints are taken into account and then you have the output so i feel like it's is it the 
Is it the first? Is it the foundation? Or is it the, the rules of construction? Um, I, 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 I feel like we're actually pretty close to one another here. And like Matt's example of projection versus exposure, I think is a really good example of a constraint versus an input. Right. But so I guess like, I'm not going to like, I'll, I'll stop at a certain point. I don't know when that point will be, but like, I don't want to just keep beating a dead horse, but like, it, this is a small difference, but it goes back to like the frustrations I think we have of just always going back to rules of thumb of some kind. And we can get better rules of thumb and better rules of thumb. But like, what I'm saying is I don't know that it is clear the reason why certain pieces, like really like the sliders, why the way lineups are built is like the key thing. And that is so much more important to get that right rather than everything around it. And so I feel like you, you and Andrew, like your guys' suggestions match up with where like my head's at and I think we're how Matt thinks about it. But I think the reason this matters is because whenever people ask slightly like not even slightly, but just like nuanced questions about like, what about this? What about that? It's like without having a deep understanding of really like why these are the suggestions and the practical things, those questions get really hard to answer. Um, and I don't think we need to like become like DFS philosophers, but I do think it matters of like really getting why this piece is what should be uh, adjusted versus the process itself and all those other things. And I think that's what I'm saying is missing. Like, I think intuitively you, you agree with what we are saying, but I don't think we've done a, I've done a good enough job of clarifying like, the real underlying reasons of why. Um, and, and that's saying like, I don't know the other way of like, testing and i think that's where like the when you were talking about the kind of laying out the process of having like inputs and then lineup construction um i guess what what do you see the steps of like how lineups get made and not like even the technical side just like the phases that things go through because this might be a helpful way for me to like better illustrate the point um or just like see if we are on the same page and I, i'm just going nuts um, okay. Uh, so I typically, it, it chronologically, I see it as Sims are selected and those Sims are selected, you know, and bucketed, uh, a given lineup is made using the, the projections of players scored in those given selected Sims. And then there is a like without, without getting as specific even it's just like literally like we, we talked about the inputs you talked about like lineup construction you it seems like you're putting the constraints in that lineup construction phase but i guess it's like at that level of just like generally speaking what are the pieces like what do we take what goes from here to there can, like, can i give this one a shot yeah yeah okay so i feel like inputs if any are given to the builder because not every, like an, always an input would be They're like adjusting a projection. Yeah, I just like, raised like a person's alone. a person's inputs, not the builders, are given to the builder on top of the builders and input, inputs. If any, in, so like this is I, I this is like a small point, but I think it matters. We're like in the reason like I am getting into the weeds so much is because I think we're 
what you're trying to describe like it more precisely than I think it needs to be. And I just want to make sure like at the basic level, it's like there are always inputs. You can change those inputs, but like there are always inputs that are then sent to the build. Right. It's like we don't need to right. talk about like what those, but like that's the phase. The, okay. Right. Yeah. And then sims are bucketed and then projections are pulled and then projections are adjusted based on correlation ownership fade or constraints. So it's like if I pull- But they're not adjusted those, based on constraints. No, no, no. I'm sorry. So, so, so I guess like, oh, so that was, that was after. So projections are adjusted based on correlation ownership fade. Those Which are the are new projections. Okay, I just guess to be, just to clarify, is that those are are also inputs. Like inputs is everything that is kind of. Um, okay, maybe that's where I get a little confused. So I think so, inputs is everything that is determining how we choose lineups from. I mean, it, it it's hard to describe because yeah, obviously, yeah. like constraints do impact how we choose lineups, but it's like inputs are like, you know, every so, variable has a has a value right and we're changing those values um and constraints are rules that are just on top of so I, those i think going variables. to the lineups it's like constraints applied to lineups what we're talking about is how do we get lineups like what happens before we get the lineups and like yeah. that i think is in, and i think that's the part that i think is missing in the way you're thinking about it and i think like you kind of just like group them all together. And I'm saying like, there's a very important distinction between that. Whereas like constraints do not change how we piece together lineups. They just change. Once we have pieced them together, they're a filter on top of it. And it's the piecing together. That is like the sanctity of the Sims. Like that's what we want to protect of like, because that's how you get the right inputs to build the right thing. And then you can polish it the way you want. But like, you're not trying to start over effectively from scratch and you're trying to say, hey, I know you're trying to build it this way. Like keep doing that, but like do it in like this really weird way. And everyone's like, like, why am I doing it? It's like, okay, I can do it that, but like, this is going to get a weird shitty result. Um, like it's, I think that is a phase I don't know that is appreciated. It's like, that's the key one that Matt and I are talking about when we say like, that's why the sliders matter. Like, cause like, the way you piece together the lineups is what you should prioritize above all else. I think maybe maybe this is like a little a little corny, but I think this makes it simple. It's like the the inputs part is like getting ready for the dance, and then the constraints is like you're out the door. It's like you get to go in, you get to go in, you out, and <laughs> yeah. that's like kind of the way I see it. Yeah. But I mean, just but like, do you get what I'm saying? It's like when we have the player pool, you don't put players into a contest, you put lineups. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is like, there is a step that takes the players and creates the lineups. And then, yeah, that lineup gets to the, the door and then they get to decide who's pretty enough to go in. But what I'm saying is like that step of going from players to lineups, that's the part of the process that Matt and I are saying, you want to get that right, because that is the foundation and you can do all kinds of weird renovations and shit afterwards to get it to kind of look like what you're wanting. But it's like, yeah, just get the foundation right to begin with or as close as it can so that you're not building some monstrosity. 
And I think there's a good practical takeaway here of adjustments to inputs should be prioritized over constraints. I, I, I think that is strong, practical advice that can be given. Yeah. One thing I do want to add to this to kind of clarify, because it, um, the way that Andy, you've been talking about the constraints is like, um, sort of like the inputs, like from the inputs, we get the lineups and the constraints are like, no, actually give me like different lineups. Right. It's, it's sort of what you're saying, but like, there's also the, the other thing is like the filters after the lineups yeah, are yeah. built, which are constraints in a way in that it's like, now you have your pool of lineups and now you're getting rid of ones that have been built, but it's, it's different because you're not the build constraints are like in between the inputs and the output. Whereas it's a pool, the filters, so you have a constraint pool, pool on filters. The, what gets into your pool. And then once you're within a pool, you have constraints on what gets into your actual final lineups. Right, exactly. And I think what we're kind of getting at is that as much as possible, you want to avoid putting constraints in between like the inputs right. and the lineups that get into your pool. Um, and, but I mean, Jordan's point before is like, you also don't really want to have too many constraints after that if you want to utilize your whole, because obviously the more viable from your perspective, the more viable lineups in your pool, the better. Like if you can get your pool to be 100% lineups that you feel really good about, that's the dream, right? But the way to get there is, I, the, the ideal way to get there, if you can, is change the inputs so that your pool is everything that you want. Um, and then if you can't quite get there, then you can maybe add some some constraints like to get to that point. But like, I, I do have a question on that. Is that that feels like a very classic slate type strategy where it's mm -hmm. like, okay, I want as many lineups available so I can get as diverse as possible. But would you treat that strategy the same for showdown? Because I almost feel like showdown is a different beast and like, you know, I'm not playing 5,000 showdown lineups. Um, you know, I feel like in showdown, I'm I'm really trying to use, and this might be yeah. my own process. I am trying to use the filters to narrow down the ones that I think are higher expected mm. value. And I'm also taking into account like duplication factors. So I'm almost using it backwards in showdown as opposed to classic slates where I do want to use all 5,000 if, if I have them available. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, on a theoretical standpoint, I don't think showdowns are that different. It's just, like, from a practical right. standpoint, um, exactly. you, like, that's how, uh, that's just, like, how you can get the lineups that you, basically because, by default, we know that the builder, like, doesn't account for dupes, right? And so, like, you kind of have to do that yourself. And you're not going to get a pool where every single lineup in the pool is like viable because we know that the builder is not accounting for this factor that's important, you know. And we're upfront about that. And whereas, like in a like you said in a classic slate, but like I in theory we could be doing that. Um, I mean, I don't know if we ever would, but like there's a theoretical way that you could like build lineups that respected some integrity and avoid dupes. Um, and have a pool of only lineups that are viable, and then you wouldn't have to, then it would be the same. But 
practically that's not how it works now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think in practice, obviously, I think you're right. Like that in a classic slate, it's much easier to get in a pool of 5,000 lineups or 1500 or however many that like are all good and you would be comfortable playing. Whereas in showdown, that last step of filtering is just more important basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, tell me if this makes sense as like a simpler way of as practical as I can give it, even if people don't understand why this is like a, I feel like a rule of thumb that is good. So the phases is you take players and construct lineups. You then build your pool. You then select your lineups from that pool. Those are distinct phases in a specific order. You want to make, say you need to make adjustments in general. What you get from just not touching anything doesn't match what you want it to do. You should get as many of those adjustments in to the earliest stage possible before going to the next one. And like when you hit a wall on that first step of how do we combine players to build a lineup when you can't get like you do that and there's no other levers to pull to get more of what you're looking for then you go to the next one of okay how do i effectively constrain the lineups that are built to get the pool that i'm looking for and then you would go and when you hit a wall there if you hit a wall there you would go to those steps at the end and saying all right, like maybe I just need to like brute force this and um, just like override it all. But ideally you would just be able to then go to like the way you clean up the pool at the end and filter it down. Like that gets what you're looking for. Like that's the best way. The worst would be just saying like, I don't even know. I don't know how to tie that all together. But I like, guess is that direct, like, I would you get at least where I was going before my brain stopped. I, ahead, I, I agree. The one thing I would say, though, is that I actually think the, the the first thing somebody should do is try to get those changes with their original unadjusted pool. The best case scenario is somebody builds lineups uh, with the sanctified sims, make a couple adjustments to their lineups, their pool there, and arrives at a set of lineups they're happy to play. If yeah, they yeah, can't no, no, reach no, that, I, I, then they yeah, go to inputs yeah. I, 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 I and agree. follow agree. your, like, yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And it's like, yeah, try to do that. But I think, I don't even know how we would do this. Um, but I do like the concept you gave of the effective pool size. And you would want to, like, if we could have some way to show that yeah, um, in that step, like, that would be a warning sign of, like, yeah, like, we can get what you're looking for, but like it wasn't pretty to get here, and like you're ignoring so much other stuff. I think like that is a missing piece um, mm -hmm. yeah. in this direction. Yeah. Like that. On that note, I think like in terms of that order of operations, um, I do think that I would definitely lean towards so, like, say you don't get what you want, you change the go back and change the inputs, like you change player projections, you change maybe sliders or whatever like you change the inputs run a new pool if your pool doesn't look the way you want it to but you can still get the lineup set that you want 
like I think that's still okay. I would rather just stick with that rather than adding constraints to get the pool you want, because then I like mm. it's not worth like sacrificing. I don't think it's worth adding constraints to the builder to get a good pool if you don't need the whole pool to get your final because the final set of lines is I all that think, matters, right? Like the pool doesn't yeah, really yeah, matter. Yeah. No, no. And I think that was like the thing I was missing when I was piecing it together in my head. I think there's sorry for all like the phases and all this stuff, but I think there's ultimately two phases and I'm like it's <laughs> first phase has two steps. We combine players to build lineups and then we construct the pool. The other phase of like selecting your lineups, that is distinct. And like what you should do is change nothing and see if you can get there just with the filters afterwards. And like that gives the, those first two steps are the things that like, that's what we talk about with like the Sims and the lineup pool and all those other things. And like the filtering down within it to get the lineups you ultimately want that's a separate piece and like if you can do that without making any changes generally speaking like you should do that that's where like there would be some nuance around just like how hard was it to get there um but if you can't get there then it's like okay try to focus on that first step of getting um the foundation the underlying construction to be closer to what you're looking for and then don't put any constraints in then do it again and see okay like can i now filter to what i'm looking for if you can't only then would it be um putting in those constraints um and that is um i think theoretically important to understand practically speaking I think for most people, they're going to have to, the more opinionated you are about what your line should look like, the more likely, like, I'm not going to say like, don't be surprised if you have to put in some constraints. Um, it's more just saying like, here's how you should be thinking about it and don't mm -hmm. come in and then put in all of the constraints. And like, there's time considerations and everything else, but like in a perfect theoretical world, what you would do would be put in the least impactful constraints one by one in like a hierarchy of like least impactful to most impactful, put that in one, do it again, put the next one in, do it again. But like, that's way too fucking tedious to actually be practical. And that's assuming you can actually rank them accurately in like impact, which is just a word I made up that like, I don't even know how I'd try to define that. Um, so it's like, do your best to say what ones are constraining are the loosest constraints that I think can get what I'm looking for. And you'll probably have a handful of them. And as you use Saberson more and more, you're going to get an idea of like, ah, like these are the types of things. Like I just always have to tell Saberson this. Um, and that's fine. And like, you're going to have a good idea of that, but like, it's, I think that's a practical look at this, but I think it's that underlying framework and the theory that like you guys have to, really grasp because then it makes answering these things like much easier mm -hmm. and i think this at least for me was helpful because frankly like i don't answer those questions anymore that often like really like and so mm -hmm. i've got these ideas in my head and i also haven't had to like try to clarify them and i think we've all have the, the core ideas 
like intuitively, I, I think we were and have been on the same page. I think Matt and I just by the nature of like having worked on this for years and like thought about this and had hundreds of hours of discussions about this stuff, like we do have a more nuanced understanding. And like what I got out of this and what I think we can take away from this is that like you guys forced us to just like get down to a simple like what are you ultimately saying mm -hmm. and i think like it's that last piece we got to and i feel like that's a, it's a good thing but i guess anything you would yeah. add matt no I, I honestly like love where we arrived here um it really clarifies a lot of things for me i, I think especially when i kind of came to the realization of like we should be encouraging people and sorry not encouraging but like allowing yeah. people to yeah, change like, the sliders. We hadn't thought more. about that, but I was like, as soon as um, she says, like, yeah, exactly. Right. Because it's like the there's a bunch of different like types of things that you might want to change after you like run your like naked build. And some of them are like, I want more of this player. I want more of this stack. And obviously, like with those, it's changed the projection, change the team total, whatever. But some of them are like, I want higher correlated lineups. I want uh less chalky lineups. I want higher diversity because i think the diversification is another like variable there and all those things like the best thing to do is like change the slider first like if you want stronger stacks go increase the correlation slider because like yeah they're back tested but they're, they're back tested with no constraints so if you go back mm -hmm. and add a stacking rule or a group rule then that's affecting the back testing yeah. of the sliders way more than just changing like a, the ticks on correlation so people are like afraid to change the sliders because they're back tested but then they're adding all these rules that like make them obsolete make that back testing obsolete anyway um so i just really like the idea of like anything that you want to change there are inputs basically that you can change first before you have to resort to those like brute force constraints which again sometimes are necessary and like okay but there should be intermediate steps to get there i think that's a great summary matt and then um the very briefly if we can effective pool size i don't want to just like let that float off into the ether we're not going to figure it out today but like theoretically matt using like number of min uniques that you can get like the the number of min uniques that meet your criteria that's a good proxy for this it seems like like the fewer yeah, i mean i guess you can have it means like this relative to what you had with no inputs at all or not no inputs sorry but like no filters nothing else applied like mm -hmm. in that my lineups are built i'm in the build making those uh dialing into the final lineups that's like seeing how the min uniques goes down as you add more and more filters of like exposures whatever it may be that's a good proxy of just saying like the lower that is the lower your effective pool size is assuming it was like lower relative to what it started at yeah um I, I and i'm not saying like that's measurable in an yeah, easy no, way but like, mean, i'm more saying like conceptually is like and there might be another measure but like that seems like a easy to understand one not to apply but like it seems like that's one path we could look at yeah i think so i mean with like it there's different types of like uh 
when we're talking about effective pool size, right, the idea is that there are lineups that like don't meet whatever your criteria are for like good enough. Um, some of them are based on, I guess, like exposure. You know, if you set someone a max exposure on a player, then like the difference between like the number of lineups that are removed is sort of like that's removing some of your effective pool in a way. Um, you could actually set a like filter on the pool and that then it's like very apparent visually like how many lineups are in the trash is how many lineups you've removed from the pool. Uh, mm. But yeah, I mean, I think generally you're right. Like once you've kind of hit your min unique cap, it's just hard to, I don't know how we, you can't really convert that to like a number super easily right no, now. And, and no, no, no. And I'm not, and I think that's the part, like we're definitely not going to figure out, but it just seems like as something that is measurable. Mm -hmm. And even if it's not a number, it could even just be like, low high like whatever like of just like different like four different qualitative assessments of how much of the pool you're effectively using it just seems like see what the initial max min uniques would be um and then see how that changes as more and more gets applied and like as that goes down the effective pool size goes down as well yeah okay we'll riff on that more at some yeah. point but because I do think it, it is a helpful way mm -hmm. of checking, but it's absolutely like for anyone who's made it this far, like if you have no idea what the fuck we've been talking about, like that's fine. Um, Jordan <laughs> and Andrew will, will put it together in a more approachable way. Um, but that's sort of like what we're trying to do with this podcast. Like these are discussions we have. Um, and it's also why, like, I'm not, like I said, I, I'm like dad hungover where it's like the first time I've like had, a, a real hangover since since my son was born and it's like not that bad because i'm still like wasn't like blacking out um but it was yeah like, that's like two ipas for me it's yeah no it's like that's what i was like, like whoa like this hangover. is yeah. so i'm already like a little bit cranky but like honestly like i'm not i probably like well not probably like i'm sure i come across as like a dick in this but it's more like we have a good relationship <laughs> together all the people on this call and it's like i think sometimes this probably isn't always true but like these are just how our discussions go it's like we don't take it personally and like we're going to if if i don't understand something like i'm just like i don't get there like i just think that's wrong and like we all know like there's plenty of times where we're going to be wrong and like i'm like oh yeah like no that makes way more sense or this and that and, like this is just how we work and so we're trying to really give a better look at that um but I think I don't think there's there's no call to action because like we don't want to change what we're doing here based on it. It's like go to office hours, let Jordan, Andrew, everyone else in in Discord like know what you think. Um, and if there are questions, then like Jordan and Andrew can bring those back and see if we need to like flesh this out. Like maybe we just completely missed the mark on this, but yeah. So glad we dug into this stuff, guys. I think there's still gonna be more to do, like flesh it out, but definitely feel like we're at a better spot now for sure yeah i think these conversations help a lot especially you know responding to users and helping them to think about the right things always always good uh from mm -hmm. these yeah and i will promise i'll end on this but like it, it's an important point and i was going to say it after anyways to you guys but like it really is meta in the sense of the reason we rail against just hundreds of rules and groups and everything in traditional optimizers is because of like what you're trying to do with that and then we think you lose nuance you lose everything else and that's why people who are obsessed with the rules without understanding what they're trying to do and if they can't do it it's like 
uh, I don't know. Like, I just want this. Like, why? Like, I don't know. Like, I just need that. And it's honestly like similar with answering questions from, from people. It's like the deeper your fundamental understanding is of why these things happen, the easier it is to give an answer that's like consistent because it's like, oh, like you're not just jumping from one rule of thumb to another without like you're not memorizing facts, which is how a lot of people approach rules. Like you're understanding the reasoning behind so you can make your own decisions. And it's like, that's why I really do stress mm -hmm. this is that the more you understand that theoretical stuff, even if we never talk about that in like the public content, um, the easier it's going to be to answer all those. Cause it's like, we don't need to like then train everyone on this is our methodology. It's like, no, like these are the things that exist, the principles, the, the fundamental truths there. And like, here's how that is applied. Um, but like when you know that lowest level, it, it all just is like, you have a framework to think from. And on that note, I will sign off now. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everyone. Cool. Thanks.